This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, I'm asking a question tonight. The question I'm asking tonight is, will we witness a revival? Will we witness a revival? Glory to God in the highest. Man, family, God is just so amazing. I pray that all of y'all are having a wonderful weekend. I'm having a great weekend. This is like a double holiday weekend because we got Father's Day tomorrow, which I guess is an unofficial type holiday. It's an official, official type holiday, meaning we don't get off work for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Men got to work. Same thing. We don't get off of Mother's Day either. <laughs> but um, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, praise the Lord, by the grace of God, we are able to experience Father's Day. But then even on top of that, we got a new holiday, right? It's, it's, it's new to some and old to others, right? But we got this other day that is referred to as Juneteenth. And I believe the Biden administration, if I'm not mistaken, uh, implemented Juneteenth as a federal holiday. I had not even heard of it before they did that, but apparently this is something that has been going on in the South for some time. And so Juneteenth got me to thinking a, a little bit. It got me to thinking, glory to Lamb of God, about just the whole concept of Juneteenth, right? Just the whole concept of Juneteenth and, and what it actually is. So what I want to do I want to kind of bring us up to speed on what Juneteenth actually is. Basically, from my understanding, and we about to we about to get a better definition of this in a, in a in a moment. But effectively, the slaves had already been freed, right? Um, I guess from the Emancipation Proclamation, slavery had ended. Right. So in the South, slavery had ended in the entire country. Slavery had ended thanks to the Emancipation Proclamation. But there were people, uh, African-Americans or black people, whatever you want to call them, us. <laughs> there were people who did not get the word that slavery had already ended. And as a result of that, these people had been working as slaves for a, a long time when they could have been free. And so as I was just really thinking about Juneteenth and, 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 and the history behind it and what it represents, it got me to thinking about the gospel. It got me to thinking about the fact that Jesus Christ came and he died and laid his life down and he rose again three days later so that we might have a right to the tree of life that Jesus Christ came and he offered himself as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice right unto death. 
and that he resurrected. And what did he do? He set the captives free. There's a scripture that says, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, to, to, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, right? And, to, and to, to, to bind up those that are bruised. I know I butchered that a little bit. I'm about to read it in a second. But it's in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. We might as well go ahead and read it. It's solid talk. But look, Bible study is always in order. <laughs> I just want to read one scripture. Just bear with me a little bit because I want to make sure I get it right the next time I say it. This is one of my absolute favorite scriptures in the word of God. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Right? And there's more to it, but that's really what I wanted to get to is just that part where he says that he came, this Messiah comes to set the captives free. And so when I was thinking about this and thinking about Juneteenth, I was just thinking about the fact that, man, people in our society and our country and our world have already been set free. Jesus has already died and rose again. He's already ascended. He's already given power. He's already fulfilled. He's already said it is finished. But yet, even though Jesus has already done this, there are people walking around who don't realize that they have access to freedom. And so it got me to thinking about our role as who to bring the good news to say, man, you already have access to freedom. It's already been done. He already said it is finished. But there's a scripture. It says, how will they hear unless there be a preacher? So it's kind of put a fire under me. It's kind of put a fire under me to go out. and It's like the first person I see, I got to tell them the good news. Right. I got to spread the gospel to whoever I see is on site because it's folks walking around in bondage, folks walking around in slavery. And they can be free. J Jesus sacrifice for us on the cross. That was our emancipation proclamation right for like just to put it in as, as an example that was our emancipation proclamation right when he said it's finished that's what he was proclaiming that now these captives have been set free death has no more dominion over us and we have a right to the tree of life but as folks that really don't know that and so I'm talking tonight, I'm asking a question about revival. I'm asking the question, will we witness a revival? That's what I want you all to answer for me, because I want to know, will we witness a revival in this generation? Because I want to tell you that if we do witness a rival, uh, rival <laughs> if we do witness a revival, 
is going to be because we go and we set these captives free. Just for a little bit of context, I want to officially explain and read a little bit of what Juneteenth is. This is not like a a, a promotion or an endorsement or anything about Juneteenth. I'm literally just explaining it for the purpose of what what I'm trying to explain as a parallel to um, what we're really commissioned to do as believers, right? As believers, it says, deriving his name from combining June and 19th, it is celebrated on the anniversary of the order issued by Major General Gordon Granger on June 19th, 1865, proclaiming freedom for slaves in Texas. Originating in Galveston, Juneteenth has since been observed annually in various parts of the United States, often broadly celebrating African-American culture. This day was first recognized as a federal holiday in 2021. What I want to get to is I want to get to how long it took for them to really realize, right, really realize what happened. So the Emancipation Proclamation was issued by Abraham Lincoln on September 22nd, 1862. Now, the people up in Texas, right, they found out about it. 1865 so they spent three years in bondage and in slavery that they didn't have to spend that on they didn't have to be in that situation had they only known and so the question becomes what is preventing people from either hearing or receiving the gospel now here's the thing we got to understand about slaves right we got to understand this about slavery you can only market freedom to someone who knows that they're in bondage i can't market freedom to someone who thinks that they're already free now see the the people in the situation in texas they knew that they were in bondage because they were slaves. They actually had to carry out the functions and the duties of a slave. But spiritually speaking, one of the things that the enemy likes to do is he likes to convince people that they're free when they're really not free. See, he gives a false liberation. He gives the freedom to sin. But when Christ came, Christ forgave us for our sins, but he gave us freedom from sin. The gospel isn't uh, licentiousness. It's not a license to sin. But what it actually is, is it's an empowerment to be delivered from the bondage of sin, right? It's something that we can forget those things that are behind us and press toward the mark. It's something that we can receive brand new mercies every morning. It's something that we can come boldly to the throne of grace when we do need help. And so that's what it really is. It's, it's, it's this idea that we have been freed from the bondage of sin. But what the enemy does is he's very cunning, just like he was to Eve. It's the same doctrine like from 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 Genesis chapter three. Ain't nothing really changed. It's the same doctrine in that 
he convinces people that you can sin and you won't die. And so this is where we get our discussions about uh, all the phobics, all the phobias. This is where we get our discussion about um, just this idea of uh, shaming, right? And so now everything is free for people to do except convicting people of their sins. If you convict someone of their gluttony, you're fat shaming. If you convict someone of their promiscuity, you're slut shaming, right? And so the shaming tactics, right, is the reverse because what's really supposed to happen is um, sin, if you are unredeemed, if you're not saved, sin is supposed to bring about shame, right? And what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be able to surrender that shame to Jesus Christ, confess that to the Lord, right? And say, Lord, this is what I've done. I'm, I'm guilty. Please forgive me. I repent. And once we ex have a mind of repentance and a heart of repentance, Jesus takes the shame away because he no longer lays those sins to our charges. Right. He no longer puts those sins on the book. We're no longer indebted to pay that price because the wages or the price of sin is eternal life. Um, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so when we really think about it, what's really happening now is he's trying to convince people that the wages of sin is not death. That in actuality, when you sin, it's actually empowering, empowering. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my I got to get this Invisalign because <clears throat> this little gap that keep expanding is messing up the way I say certain words, specifically like R words sound like W words. Anyway, let me stay on topic. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb of God. But before Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they were naked and unashamed. They were naked and they were unashamed because they were clothed in the righteousness of God. So they didn't need that. But when they sin, it separated them from God. And now all of a sudden, they're no longer clothed in the righteousness of God. And they realize exactly how naked I am without God. And so God cr cries out. He speaks out, Adam, where are you? The Bible says that they went and did what? They covered themselves with fig leaves. And so what we have now is we have a society that is running from God and covering itself with fig leaves. But what's making matters worse is the, 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 the ideology and the doctrines of the enemy have caused them to not be ashamed. So really, when you think about it, they're not even covering themselves with fig leaves. We just have a naked society that is boasting in their nakedness. And there's one of those churches in Revelation. Glory to the Lamb of God. One of the churches in Revelation. In the seven letters that were in the letters that were addressed to the seven churches. Jesus talks about this. Um, he says something to the effect of, I know your nakedness. Let me see if we can find that in which church he was addressing. Genesis chapter 3. No, I'm sorry. Uh, let me see what he says here. Let me try to get it in Revelation. 
Glory to Lamb of God. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, the church in Laodicea. Let's see if we can read that. Genesis chapter 3, verse... Y'all mm. forgive me. I'm still getting my bearings. Y'all know I got to get in rhythm. I took a, took a little time off. Let me get in rhythm. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to read about the church in Laodicea. And so this is what it says. Let's see if we can pull it up on the screen. Jesus now is speaking to the church in Laodicea. So we're going to look at verse 14. Glory to the Lamb of God. It says this. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, all of these things are qualifying Jesus Christ. He says, and this is actually Jesus speaking. He's telling uh, John to write this letter, to say this to these churches. He says in verse 15, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I desire you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Verse 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That's what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with a society that is believing that they are rich, that they don't need anything. People believe they don't even need God. They believe that money solves their problems. They believe that, that doing what they want to do is all they need to get out of life. And what Jesus is saying to this particular church, which is very similar to the U.S., he says, you're wretched, you're miserable. And, you know, folks are miserable because as much as folks like to claim that they're, um, you know, having the time of their lives and stuff like this, antidepressants are up. Prescription drugs are up. People overdosing is up. So. The promise that comes from the enemy is a false promise of fulfillment. That's always how it is when, you, when you're about to sin or, or, or fall into sin. What he convinces you of is this. He says, man, if you just do this sin, I promise it's going to it's going to be exactly what you want. It's going to feel exactly how you want it to feel. It's going to give you exactly what you need. And you can do it and you won't die. But what happens when we fall into sin? As soon as that happens, you, you know, you feel like, man, if I just, uh, man, I just need this particular thing to happen. I just want to do it. And then you finally do it. We enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, literally like a moment. Once that moment is up, it's gone. It's fleeting. That, that fulfillment It'll last for a moment and then it's, that's it. And that's the scheme that he's been doing for a long time. He's been convincing people that, A, you're free 
and B, you can be fulfilled. And so he says, man, you're wretched and miserable and poor. Got a lot of money, but he's talking about they're poor in spirit and blind and naked. And that's where we are. And so that's the scheme is to convince people that are slaves that they're not slaves. Jesus has to write to this particular church to tell them you're worse off than you think. You think that you got it going on, but you really don't. And that's what we're dealing with, with, with this whole idea of what I, what I was, I was going to title this the gospel of Juneteenth, but I was trying not to be too clickbaity. Um, this, this Juneteenth gospel is bringing the good news to people who don't know it. But for some of those people, see, some people know I need Jesus. Look, I'm on drugs. I'm smoked out. I'm cracked out. I'm, I'm going from this person to that person and, you know, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, I'm doing everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gambling, I'm doing, I'm lying, I'm scheming, I'm scamming. Folks doing every. Some folks know I need Jesus. But to the ones that have bought into the lie of the devil, the very first false doctrine, ye shall not surely die. Which all sin pretty much follows that same doctrine it has not changed since the beginning of humanity he's still running that same scheme those people who have bought into that when we come to them we got to tell them first you're a slave you're a captive and you need to be set free and that's the preaching that we need to hear that's the preaching that's, that the flesh does not like to hear that's the preaching that when somebody is street preaching and they're on the corner, everybody, come, well, a lot of folks come up to them and say, hey, you shouldn't be saying that. Because what that street preacher is doing is he's got to let them know their condition. If you were to leave this earth right now, sinner, you would be in danger of the wrath of God. Why are we afraid to say that? I know why we're afraid to say because it, it doesn't really it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. But uh, newsflash, buddy, <laughs> it doesn't matter how the gospel sounds, because whether we like it or not, it's the truth. And it testifies of itself. Every sin that we can participate in, it results in death. I mean, I don't care what sin you name, any sin, alcoholism, being a drunkard, you're going to get a messed up liver. You're going to potentially get into a car accident. You're going to mess around and, uh, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, get a hangover, uh, mess around and get somebody, sleep with somebody in one night stand, get them pregnant. Fornication, same thing. Get somebody pregnant, pregnant contract something. Um, you know, get all of this heartbreaking pain and drama and somebody bust out your windows and somebody you know, scratch, scratched and keyed your car up. All of it results in death or something that that produces dying. It's never just straight up 
man, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's all good. It's There's always, and God designed it that way on purpose. He designed it specifically that the only thing, the only dependency you can have that won't get you death is Jesus Christ. You know, say what you want about Kirk Franklin, but one thing he said back in the 90s, he said, I don't need drugs to get high. I can get high off of Jesus, right? <laughs> and the thing about it is, Jesus, we're all dependent, period. If you're in this human flesh, this human condition, you are dependent. You cannot sustain your own life. So we're going to have a dependency. The question is, what is going to be my dependency? Any of those sins, drugs, Gonna mess around, lose your house, lose your job, lose your finances, get addicted, lose your relationship with your family, lying, you're gonna get caught up, you're gonna get, you know what I'm saying, uh, cross over the wrong person, they're gonna punch you in the face, hanging with the wrong people, which is also a sin. You know, um, there was a story here, sad story in, in DC, um, young lady, pretty lady, I don't know the, the, the whole story. But she was hanging out with some guy, right? And um, and I don't know about the guy. I don't know what type of guy he was. But what I do know is they were sitting in a car together. Now, this woman had given birth to a child the very same day. So the same day she gives birth to her child, some gunmen came, and this was in D.C., some gunmen came, and they shot up the car. They shot right through the windows. They killed her. The baby, I believe, is still alive. I think the baby might have been in the car. I'm not sure. But they killed her, and they shot the other guy in the shoulder. They didn't kill him. And that's always these new age shooters, they don't even know how to shoot. They always end up getting some innocent bystander or some kid. But it goes to show how the wages of sin can be death. You might be saying, look, this person, they, they, okay, they in the gang or they in beef, they into it with somebody, but that's not me. So I can still hang around them because I'm not beefing with anybody. Well, guess what? When those bullets come flying, it ain't got anybody's name on it. And, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know. I don't know if they were targeting the girl, but most likely in those type of situations, you know, when you're dealing with one of you dealing with that thug loving and you like the excitement. There's a reason why it's excitement, because they live in a dangerous life. And just from being around those type of people, you endanger yourself by default. So so what you supposed to do? Hey, that's my environment. What you want me to do? Just not go outside, not be around people? Yes. Stay your behind in the house. Stay in the house, study, work on your craft, work your way out of the hood. Come back, help who help who you can help, but stay get out and stay away. That's like uh like my man uh Nehemiah in the Bible. You know what I mean? Nehemiah he wasn't he wasn't living where his people were living. He had a job. He was the king's cupbearer. But Nehemiah, he said, man, my people are in danger. 
you know, they 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 they've been brought to shambles. I need to go back. I need to help them. And that's what he did. But sometimes you got to help people with a long-handed spoon. Because if you if you I'm, I'm just, I don't know who I'm talking to. Keep on living. Some people you got to help them with a long-handed spoon. That's just what that boils down to. But yeah, all of those sins produce death. Even even something like the LGB and all of that. You say, well, who is that hurting exactly? And this this is why this particular sin is so popular because it's harder to identify who exactly is hurting. In in the carnal mind, you say, well, if that if that man is ramming that man in the backside, what does that have to do with me? Right? If she's doing what she's doing with her female friend and they're playing their type of games, what does that have to do with me, what they do in their bedroom? And that's how so much of that was has been able to to fly, right? But the thing is, it produces death because the very first commandment that God gave to man, right? If I'm not mistaken, maybe I need to be fact-checked, but I know one of the first commandments, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And so when you make the choice that I'm going to be attracted to the same sex as myself and those two things cannot produce life those two people cannot produce life now what you've effectively done is you've killed off your lineage because how can you have a lineage now when you're consciously making a decision that i'm gonna get with someone that i can't reproduce with and so there's a death that happens as a result of that but we don't think about it because we're thinking about it selfishly. And so all sin produces death. I don't care what sin you name. I can tell you a way you can get killed from it or that a way that it will deteriorate the things that are going on in your life. But Jesus Christ, look, hey, look, it's, it's, he's the gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps on giving. And so that's our responsibility. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a challenge myself next week. And maybe I might challenge y'all tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ this week, right? This next week coming up, tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ, because if we're ever going to see true revival, it's going to happen via the spreading of the gospel. I need to see who went up there and, and on Juneteenth and told them that they were free. It looked like it said it was a guy named um, some general, some general uh, issued it, issued an order. I got to do a little bit more history on this to kind of figure out what inspired that. But, um, you know, this is what it really is. They're captives that need to be set free. And the Bible's very clear. It says, if our gospel be hid, right? If our gospel be hid, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, or verse, uh, verse 3 into 4. 
It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds which believe not. So that's the strategy to blind the minds of those people that don't believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. In other words, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. A city that's set up on a hill cannot be hid. Who lights a candle and puts just to put it under a bushel? If you light a candle, you're going to set it out for everybody to see. So I need to get on my job. You know, um, as to if there's actually going to be revival, that's a good question, because I think for us to even answer that, we got to actually qualify. What are we even saying when we talk about revival? What are, what are we actually saying? What does that look like? What does that mean? Does that mean that the whole country is going to turn around? Does that mean that, you know, in the midst of uh, persecution, that we're going to see things begin to turn? Does that mean that we're going to see an, an uprising of a new generation? Because the competition now is the competition for the new generation. They do polls and they do studies. One of them talks about Gen Z. And the Gen Z According to some of these polls and study, one out of five of them identify as uh, a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, what what is in the water? What is going on that's causing um, this abnormal number of people to identify this way? And so. We also, as believers, got to ask the question, what am I doing? Or what can we do to win back the upcoming generation? You know, we spoke last week about these companies and about how a lot of these companies now are basically uh, showing their allegiance to these agendas and what they're doing is they're playing the long game. They're looking at the analytics and they're taking a gamble and they're saying, man, you know, because uh, listen, <clears throat> you know, we, we can uh, boycott these companies and stuff, but these companies are not that stupid. They've got to be looking at something that's telling them, man, if I begin to, quote unquote, go woke or show my allegiance to these agendas and these social causes and all of this other stuff they keep coming up with. Eventually, they believe this is going to yield more of a profit for me long term. And so this is the tide, right? This is the tide of where everything is flowing. So that's why they're making this decision. The other reason they're making a decision is because companies have this thing now that I believe is called an ESG score. And the ESG score is basically sort of like a social credit system, but for businesses, it's basically asking the question, how 
how accepting and how tolerant is your company? How sold is your company when it comes to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? How sold is your company when it comes to these other agendas? Like, what do y'all actually believe? What's your stance on this? And I'm not sure what happens if they get a low ESG score, but something must happen because it's causing all of the companies to basically go woke. So they got a slogan that says go woke and go broke. But the question is for how long? Because eventually, if all the companies decide that they want to go woke at the same time, we we got to live. We got to have toilet paper. We got to have food. We got to have plates and cups. We got to have everything that we need. We got to have clothes. So we're going to purchase from these companies. So really, it kind of boils down to. I believe a lot of them are saying, look, if everybody do it at the same time, um, we can all do it. And even though this is a financial thing, we who are spiritual know that this is really a scheme of the enemy. Right. This is really something that he has planned uh, because he's trying to usher in the tide. He's trying to format the hearts and minds of society to be prepared for. The Antichrist, whether that be the man of sin or whether that just be the spirit of the Antichrist, which is against the word of God. And so that's what we're dealing with. I want to hear from y'all, though. Do y'all think that we're going to see a revival in this generation? And if so, what is going to bring about that revival? What is it going to take to short, sort of turn the tide? Right. Because numerically, statistically, they say that church attendance is declining and church attendance is not the sole indicator of, you know, people's faith. But honestly, it is a decent indicator of people's faith. And when we got hit with that pandemic and everything shut down and they shut down the churches, I think that did a lot for people. I think a lot of people just stopped going. I think a lot of people might have got demoralized. Um, you know, there was more to that shutdown than what was marketed to us, right? It, it was marketed as 15 days to slow the spread. It was marketed as a precautionary measure. But there was more socially. There was more spiritually. There was more economically that was at play when all of that stuff got shut down. And so that's what we're dealing with. Uh, we're dealing with the generation that's unchurched. And this is why we really got to be about the harvest. Because um, to, to, to folks like my age and older, we kind of have the impression of like, like everybody been to church at least once, you know, if your grandmother brought you or, your aunts brought you or something and you know like most people know who Jesus is already and stuff like that but believe it or not there's a lot of folks that are just simply unchurched you know just just I mean totally foreign to Jesus Christ they, they've heard the name they might understand some very surface level concepts but totally foreign to the idea that they're in danger of the wrath of God, totally foreign to the idea that we have a savior 
We have a redeemer who who has basically paid paid a ransom for us to be set free. They're totally ignorant and they're in bondage. And so we don't want to leave people just because we're free. Once again, going back to Nehemiah, just because we're free doesn't mean that we take our freedom and go home. If, if God called us to take our freedom and go home, he would probably save us and then kill us and put us up in heaven with him. <laughs> He'd probably be like, okay, you saved now. You might as well come on up. Ain't nothing down here for you. Um, but, you know, God leaves us down here because the scripture says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Right. An ambassador is a representative. So we got to be about the father's business. You know, there have been murmurings and talks about revivals we had that moment that took place in uh, i believe kansas city where you know they were worshiping and they were praising and revival broke out and folks were getting saved and there were mixed opinions about if that was legit or not i really don't know you know prayerfully it was but what does it take for more of that is this generation hungry for salvation? That's 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 what we got to ask ourselves. So I want to get y'all opinion on it. Uh, by the grace of God, I really do. Um, man, I, I, I kind of want to put this number up here and see if this number still works. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm a little scared because I'm not sure the number still works. I, I paid the bill. You know what I mean? But it's been a little minute since I ran it on this computer. We've been using StreamYard for some time now. And this is actually, uh, this is actually OBS that I'm using. So I don't have the feature to bring folks on to actually, uh, I definitely got logged in. It said, we have logged you out for your security. Uh, if I don't get this password, I'm gonna take that number down. <laughs> okay, dang. If you don't remember your password, reset it now. Lord have mercy. I'm. Oh, okay. Let's try this. I forgot this. The ministry. This the ministry account so I probably use the ministry pay okay I got one more try if I don't get on this I don't want to get locked out oh it worked <laughs> praise the Lord praise. you know how you just got that one you got like you we all probably got like three passwords that we use two or three passwords if it weren't for the fact that all these companies keep getting hacked I would use the same one every time. You know what I mean? Ideally, I like to use the same one every time. You 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 try to use one and you're using the same one, you know, using it, let's say for example, Target or Best Buy or something like that. All of a sudden you get the email, oh your 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 thing has been compromised. And it's like, dang, so do do I gotta change it for everything? Cause whoever got that list, they need to they have to know. 
<laughs> that this is probably the password they use for everything. It's probably the email they use for everything. So these so-called companies are supposed to be secure, but it very rarely kind of pans out that way. But yeah, if you do want to call in, the number is 202-738-1686. We can give it a gamble, see if it works. If it doesn't work, forgive me, but it should work. But God is just so good. I just wanted to bounce that off of folks. I see I see one comment. God bless you, Sister Carol. Praise the Lord. Uh, just talking tonight about revival, you know what I mean? Just about setting the captives free, you know, Juneteenth and all of that type of stuff. Juneteenth is interesting, you know what I mean? Like I say, it ain't really like conventional, traditional, but I'm off. So, hey. <laughs> I don't care what holiday it is. You give me all, we good. You know what I'm saying? As long as it ain't something straight up for the devil, hey, I'll take it. We do Juneteenth, July 10th, August 10th. It don't matter to me. But, um, you know, God is just so good. We can just kind of cool out for the last 13 minutes. Unless anybody else has anything, we can open it up as a discussion. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to start from the body of Christ is going to start from the body of Christ. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that I want to really talk about tonight? But, you know, most importantly, we just want to talk about the idea of redemption. We just want to talk about the fact that, hey, listen, you don't have to. See, when we sin, what what we are what we are being convinced of is that in order for me to function, in order for me to survive, I need this particular sin. When you're in that moment of sin, you feel like, man, if, if, if I can just scratch this itch, I'll be good after this. That's the, that's the lie. You know what I mean? Satan tried to take Jesus up into a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory that was in them. But the kicker is he did it in a moment in time. And I made up my mind, if you can show me all of that in a moment of time, I don't really want it. Because what God has for us is eternal. In my father's house, there are many matches. The, the psalmist said it this way. He said, one thing I have desired of the Lord. And that will I have. He said, I want to just be able to inquire in his temple. I want to just be able to walk around and marvel. I want to inquire and in tell. Let's see if we can find that. It's either Psalms probably 27 or 24. Let's try 27 first. One thing I have done. Yep. Psalm 27. <clears throat> this whole scripture is lit. So we're just going to read the whole thing since we chilling now. Psalm 27. We, I'm going to read it because I need to read it. I don't know about y'all, but I need to hear it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now look at the premise there. There's a premise and a statement and a conclusion. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Because of that, who do I have to be afraid of? 
this is the type of mentality we're going to have to have in order for us to bring this Juneteenth gospel. Hey, you're free. First of all, you're a slave, but but you can be free. You're you are a slave, but you have been freed. You have to access your freedom. Kingdom of darkness does not want you discussing that, but we don't operate in darkness. He says, the Lord is my light, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If the Lord is the strength of my life, why do I need to be afraid of anybody? It's not like some human man is the strength of your life. You know what I mean? He's saying, God Almighty, when the wicked, mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. Oh, what type of enemies did he have? <laughs> what type of enemies come to eat up your flesh? They stumbled and fell. He didn't even have to do anything. Though an host should encamp against me. My heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Let me put this on the screen. I realize I'm reading it. Y'all can't even see it. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to do what? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To inquire in his temple. Come, New NIV puts it this way. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's that's an eternal because God is eternal. That's an eternal desire to be able to just gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. To to really be up there, be down here. But then eternally to be up there and to just marvel at the beauty of the Lord. What do y'all even think that's going to look like? <laughs> what is that going to look like? You know what I mean? Like we have de descriptions and depictions of the throne of God and stuff like that. And the, the, the pearly gates and the street. Think about this. Look, we got some nice neighborhoods down here, especially in the United States. We got Beverly Hills. Man, you know, you got beautiful places in Italy, beautiful places in Africa, certain parts of Africa. But you know what I'm saying? There's no place down here where you have pearly gates. I'm talking about real pearls, streets of gold. Really think about that. The street, which is usually the dirtiest part of a place. You got streets that got dirt roads, streets. You got people walking on it, spitting on it, tires swerving and streaking on it. 
But up there, the dirtiest thing is paved with gold. It's it's going to be it's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be worth the wait. The Bible says, "He who has ceased, he who has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin." It feels like suffering sometimes to cease from sin, but it's going to be worth the wait. Verse five says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me upon a rock and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, Lord have mercy, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Man, man, man. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, family, I just wanted to come on here. Will we see a revival? That's a good question. Um, if anything, let me say it this way. <clears throat> I believe that America is being judged. I don't believe judgment is coming. I believe it's already here. I believe a, a symptom of our judgment is the reprobate mind. The thing about God is God can actively judge us, but God doesn't have to do anything to judge us. God can simply leave us or and I'll say it this way, leave us to our own devices and set it and forget it. And he doesn't have to do anything. And so what the reprobate mind is when it says that God will give you give you up and then give you over to a reprobate mind, that's that's really God just saying, I'm going to let you do you. So Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is the source of life. Because he is life, when he removes himself, all that's left by default is death. So 
this is what we're witnessing now is we're witnessing death and destruction. And it's not even God saying, oh, I'm going to send a tornado. Oh, I'm going to send a hurricane. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike you dead. Now, he might be doing a little bit of that, you know, and he's within his rights to do that, of course. Um, but a lot of it is just simply leaving folks to their devices. So to answer the question, I believe we're, we're, we're already uh, being judged. The scripture says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. One thing I believe is that as much as I come on here and talk about these agenda, these alphabet communities and all of that and 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 how they're, you know, just wilding out. Truthfully, the reason why they're able to do that has to do with the straight people and the perversion of the straight people. Right. Um, the perversion of. um Sexual liberation, free love, sleep with whoever you want, even if it's straight, you know, pornography, all of these things that we can fall in, into uh, accepting. Right. And because we have accepted that, what's really happening is it has opened the door for the spirit of perversion. See, the same spirit of perversion that is in the alphabet folks is really in the promiscuous straight people. It's just a, an amplified version of it because they've allowed themselves to be more debate. The word pervert means just to twist or to take something away from its natural use. So effectively what's happening is everybody, the cult culturally we've got to get it right. We, we have lost the grounds to really say, hey, what you're doing is wrong because Scripture says before we, uh, you know, pluck the speck out of our brother's eye, we got to take the moat out of our own eye. And I think that's a lot of what's going on now. We got to get our houses in order. I got to get my house in order. All of us, if, if your house is not in order, we got to get our houses in order so that when we stand, we can stand righteously. We can stand knowing that God has our back, that we are in the favor of God. We can stand and be able to judge properly because that's what the scripture says. It says, then you will see clearly to be able to help your brother. Right. It didn't say don't judge. It said before you judge, you better make sure that you didn't got everything you need to get straight. And so that's kind of where we are. So if we do see a revival, I think it's going to be uh, not probably like a nationwide uh, revival because, you know, I do believe we're in these last and evil days. And I do believe that as Scripture prophesies, we got to see this man of sin come on the scene and all of that type of stuff. But I believe that in the midst of chaos, we will see folks that are going to be saved. We will see a movement. We will see a stand. You know what I mean? I don't believe it's going to be all corrupt. I believe that out of persecution. See, when the church grew, a lot of the growth that came from the church actually grew out of persecution. And that's what it's really going to take. 
So listen, family, we can talk about this, but God is just so good. I just want to come on and pick our brains a little bit. Ask that question. Will we witness a revival? Um, if you got some thoughts about it, go ahead and put it in the comment section below. If you're watching the replay, um, hit the like button on this video. I'd appreciate it. But God is just so good. Thank you all for hanging out with me a little bit. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your holiday. However you choose to enjoy it. That's all I have in this Solid Talk family. You all take care. And Culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working. His goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless i can't even call it we in the last days babylon is falling don't kill the messenger i can't mess with ya points got a plethora this life will keep on testing ya let's walk and get the best of ya i'm trying to tell you bruh only around the shell we say we're trying to get the rest Speaking of ya out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna Keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guarantee the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in